Welcome to the show, Golden Gods and Goddesses. This is Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. My name is Brayden. I'm here sitting in the room with Donnie. What's up, y'all? And on the computer with us today is the dish of the day. Catfish feast. Catfish feast. Not one dish, a whole feast. The catfish feast hanging out with us. Donnie. You fried? I'm a bottom feeder. I feed on bottoms. <laughs> Computer uh, notifications out of the side. Uh, welcome to the show. It's good to have you back with us. Fried catfish feast. This is going to be weird to say. I'm just going to keep calling you dish of the day there. But um, yeah, he's our anonymous host. I'm Braden, Donnie hanging out with us. And we are talking about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia like we always do here on this podcast. This is the ultimate It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast for fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We are going through every single episode in order talking about this show, what makes it funny, how how is it relevant still all these years later. They're still going, so I mean, there's got to be something good about this show. And uh, by the end of this podcast, we are going to have every single episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia ranked side by side. We're going to find out what's the best of the best and what maybe you can skip on your next binge. First off, if this is your first time joining us, though, uh, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. We got handfuls of great episodes for you to listen to over at rumham.transistor.fm, everywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and now iHeartRadio Podcasts. Hey. Took them a while to get back to us, but we are officially on the iHeartRadio app, so download the iHeartRadio app, search Rumham and Wild Cards. I guess you could search it anywhere you get your podcasts, and we will pop up. Talking about the best show of all time, Rumham. Why did they say no originally? Is it because this podcast is trash? Well, they said it takes two weeks to get back to you, and then it took them four. So I was just, uh, I assumed that that was them combing over our excellent content and making sure that it was all. Did you all... have to go to their office and knock on the door? I, I left a flame of bagging, uh, flame of bagging poop, uh, fl- flaming flame bag of, of bo- doggy bag, <laughs> flame of doggy bag, flaming bag of dog shit right on their front porch. Also, side note on this uh, episode here, Donnie has some neighbors moving in next door. So shout out to the neighbors moving in. You might hear him in the background here. We'll do our best to edit it out. Like they're Fuck moving em. in right now. Uh, they were. Uh, very recently. I don't know about right right now. Maybe they're taking a dinner break. Yeah. At Always Sunny Pod is where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. There we got polls and memes and conversation about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Fans from all around the world chiming in. We love hearing what you guys have to say, including our listener of the episode, Wildcard Crew listener of the episode, George K. Thanks to uh, George for tagging us in some delicious it's always sunny memes those are always fun to look at fuck yeah we got george decay listening (laughs) close close and our always sunny pod is the subreddit where you can find the list of lists every single episode of sunny that we've gone through so far ranked our always sunny pod that's our subreddit and we got merch stickers Hats, all that good stuff. Uh, check out our Instagram at Always Sunny Pod for more information on how to get yourself a Rumham and Wildcards hat or an Ongo Galblogian sticker. We got some more designs coming out here soon. That how might, do I get a hat? By uh, 
go into the hat shop. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're still figuring out the logistics of uh, oh, okay. ordering them, and we, uh, we're finalizing some designs here. So again, head on over to Twitter and Instagram. Help us pick some good-looking designs and uh, get yourself a hat. And our YouTube channel, Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. You can find episode highlights, so you can do a little sampler platter, maybe find an episode with a good highlight, and then go listen to the full thing. So go check us out, Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards, on YouTube. I think I got all the, the housekeeping out of the way. Housekeeping. So yeah, uh, Rumham dot tra- poo poo platter. So Rumham is where you can find all those links and all that boring stuff. Let's get to the fun part. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, or maybe it's been a minute since you've listened in the way this show works is the first half. We are talking about the episode, the themes of the episode, maybe, um, some, some details that we'll go into more depth with later on the back end of this episode, we are going to put some numbers to our argument, put our argument on a scale of one to 10. We have a few categories that we will go into later more on that, uh, in the second half of the show. Season two, episode seven, the gang exploits a miracle. You guys, this came out in 2006, July 27th, directed by Dan Atias, Atias, Atias. And this one is not written by Charlie, Glenn, and uh, and Mac. Or sorry, Rob. This one is written by Charlie Day, Chris Romano of Blue Mountain State, and How I Met Your Mother, the Dish of the Day's favorite shows, and Eric Falconer, who is from The Mick and the Sarah Silverman program. I didn't watch the Sarah Silverman program, but I like The Mick, so. I did like The Mick, too. And I have no shame in saying that how I Met Your Mother was one of my favorite shows at one point. I was a dumb young child, but, you know. Bad. It was one of my favorite shows in high school, for sure. So the humor kind of bleeds through on this, but you can see that you can tell the jokes aren't the same on this episode. I don't know. We'll get into that later. Anyways, Patty's Pub has been blessed, sort of. The gang finds a water stain in the back office that bears a striking resemblance to a certain religious figure. Holy shit! Guys, come here, come here, check this out! What? What? That is the Virgin Mary. What? Oh, take it easy, bro. No, look, 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 the head and the arms and the Uh, and the cape. Look like it. That's weird. Yeah. Hey, what if it's a sign? You guys remember I wanted to be a priest. That's a water stain. It could be a sign that we need to get our pipes fixed. What if it's a miracle? It's a miracle. miracle. Listen. And when the gang is torn on how to perceive the stain, Frank makes the obvious point. It could be a miracle. It could be bullshit. There's only one thing we know for sure. What's that? It's a goddamn gold mine. D sets out on a mission to get the stain blessed. D, okay. I, I realize you were able to get me to do things for you in high school, oh, but you I'm, know what? Oh, I did. I kind of, I kind of let you on well, a little bit back then, yeah. didn't I? But I wasn't always a tease, you know. Remember, I let you do all my math homework. I'm not sure I follow your logic. Well, what about that time we almost kissed? You made me eat a. Look, I'm not blessing the stain, okay? Oh, no, Matthew, okay, hold on a second. I mean, the taste of that thing alone. No, I I can't imagine. It It, uh, haunts me. Of course it does. And Mac and Charlie butt heads over who gets to lead the new followers of Patty's Pub and Church. This could be my calling, Charlie. What happened to all that God's Wrath's business and this has to end? Yeah, no, don't worry about that, dude. I think this could actually be a good thing. We could change the world. Okay, okay, all right. All right, new plan, right? Let's go around. Let's bless people. Well, actually, I should bless people, though. But you could be my right-hand man. You could be my Peter. 
Lots of blessings going around this episode. It's a good time. Let's talk about it. Is, is this episode supposed to be a take on like how people view religion differently or, or take advantage of like supernatural opportunities to make money? Is, is that what they were going for here? What, what do you think was Jesus the Jesus mission the of toast, this? Hopefully. Jesus in the toast. Yeah. I mean, I could see him definitely at least making fun of, I mean, it's obvious in the title, at least exploiting a miracle. But like you said, the people that, do things like this on a serious level and like everything they can find. They almost, they almost look for signs and look for religion and the harder you look, the easier it is to find things. So yeah, some things like this might seem coincidental and pop up, but I think, yeah, they are slightly mocking people that just constantly try and find religion and everything and make everything about religion. And Cause the, each member of the gang has their own different idea of what to really do with the stain. And you can kind of see the different mentalities there. Uh, like Frank is leading the scheme to make the money. Mac believes that in this stain is a blessing 100%. Dennis doesn't care 100%. He's more obsessed with his face. Charlie tries to captivate. Which kind of looks fat in the show. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. It looks a little fat. Almost almost sexual predator-like, one might argue. Like Some would say Dennis looks like a registered sex offender. But more on that in later seasons. And, uh, you know, you got Charlie trying to captivate the people more on that later. And, and D wants the stain blessed, but only to prove she still has power over Father Mara. Again, more on that later. Yeah. See, this is one of the first episodes. Granted, there was a few early on and whatever that Mac came out as religious and kind of was defending religion. And before I really started paying attention to the show and kind of just enjoyed it because it was hilarious. I always just thought Mac was super religious, but like he really wasn't doing it because he was religious he only supported it once it became about him. In the beginning, mm -hmm. I think he was just using God and saying that they were all being bad because it wasn't about him. But once he was the one that got to bless people and he was the one that got to be in charge and be the priest and all that, he was just like, okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm all on board now that it's about me again. And he digs his heels in when, uh, when Charlie kind of tries to start asserting himself as the leader, as the, I guess, priest, if you will. The false prophet. Yeah. So like I know that line got to read between the lines. No, it <laughs> literally says, oh, maybe it says in the next sentence. No, you got to read between the lines. It's, uh, I'll touch more on this later, but you, you see the duality of like two different um, preaching styles there. I guess you got like more like televangelist where he's like, I'm going to interpret it and make it this wild song and dance and listen to me and give me your money and your attention. And then you have Mac who's like very traditional, it literally says, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. Well, I was told that if you follow God, you get uh, some new shoes. That's what made me become religious when I heard about the shoes. I'm still waiting the shoes, on them. The sweet kicks. Air Jordans? Nah, hit me up with that Air Jesus, yo. Air Jesus. <laughs> the 12s, the Jesus 12s are the best. And I'm sure in the Nike sweatshop where they're made, they really, they really appreciate the teachings of Christ. Frank has to own a couple of those, I would imagine, at least. What do you think he was doing down in Vietnam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a business trip. <laughs> a lot of good men died. <laughs> a lot of good men died. Uh, so I know I keep saying this, but, but because this is season two, it really feels like the gang's formula is uh, set. You know, in, in the first episodes, we had trouble 
really seeing these characters we know and love to some extent. And then towards the end of season one and kind of into season two, we're like seeing them interact more. But in the past few episodes, I've said it. And in this one, I, I, I mean it. I think their formula and how they interact with each other is really set in stone. You get the gang's formula. According to the dish of the day's theory of cynicism, which he won't be moved from, um, they're doing that because the fans are responding. As the show gets bigger and bigger and fans start responding, they're like, ha, ah, D's a bird. Like you saw the big bird comment from the, uh, the most previous episode. We did point it out. And the fans out. are starting to pick up on what they do and don't like about the characters and the way mm-hmm. the characters are molding towards the fans. How do you think that affects like in later episodes? Do you think, because that's one of the problems that it's always sunny. Um, you could argue that it's always sunny has, or one of the bigger criticisms that people make of it now is that the, the stories and the characters are like, I don't want to use the word pandering, but it's probably the only good word I can think of where it feels like we're getting almost characters. I don't want to say they jumped the shark. Cause I don't think the show has jumped the shark, but you, you know, do you, do you think they play into it too hard as the series goes on? Do the characters get too wild? Is there such a thing? Uh, they're too, they're too outlandish that they're not believable and it's no longer fun or interesting. That's why I hate Parks and Rec, but that's a different spiel. Uh, I think it's yeah. interesting. I think it's interesting that you said pandering, and I mean I don't know another word for it, but it's it's like they they pandered to their specific audience, and that's it was different than anything else. Like I feel like when people normally would say pandering, like it's playing into like the extreme norm of everything. So like I think that they did try and like mold around their audience, but like as much as I don't know what else to call it, I just feel like pandering has like a negative connotation to it, but I don't think that it's necessarily like a bad thing that they did that. I think it's just, that's how shows should be is what do the fans really like? What works? And let's give them that. I mean, that's why we keep watching the show. That's why we're still excited for more seasons and more things to come is because they give us what we want. I don't know. I feel like it's almost that simple. When did it start being only about the fans, Donnie? Huh? When did it stop being about the truth? Uh, with this show, I think, uh, from the beginning, is there, <laughs> is there any truth to the show? I was going to say, yeah, I don't, I don't know. The whole crux of the show is don't be like these people. Really? I thought it was be like these people as much as possible, which is why I have very few convictions. <laughs> <laughs> so the gang's, um, moods and mentalities and convictions or lack thereof one popular interpretation of these is that the gang, each member of the gang is their own deadly sin, or some people have argued that they are each all seven deadly sins together. But on this watch through, I noticed that I'm, I'm noticing more. Each member of the gang is their own, like exacerbated mental illness, you know, like Dennis could be like narcissism or full on sociopathy. Charlie's got some BPD tendencies whatever starstruck delusions D has, whatever's going on with Mac. I don't know. I think I like that explanation of the gang more than these guys are classic characteristics of deadly sins. Was it, wait, was that a fan theory? I don't know if I'd call it like a fan theory, but I've read a a couple articles kind of saying that. That's good stuff. It's like, okay, this episode has something to do with Catholicism all right, what else is Catholicism related? Oh, seven deadly sins. Okay, maybe each one of the gangs is 
the seven deadly sins. Wait, there's only fucking four of them. Five. Uh, five. However fucking many there are. <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't know if D is really part of the game. Just. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would be interested to say if they really picked seven, like if it was them five and then the waitress and maybe another seven. But yeah, like, I was going to recommend Cricket or whatever. But it's more along the lines of like, they're also all, each of them is every sin. I was about to say, I feel like there's nothing redeemable. But in, yeah, and in almost every show or every episode, I feel like you could find the seven deadly sins in people or in that show. Granted, a lot more in this one because they're fucked up people, but like, I don't think it's necessarily meant to just be around that or that was a theme going into them creating this show. Because depending what you pull out of each character, you're going to get a different story. Like when Matt gets fat, sloth, gluttony, yeah. that stuff, you're, you're pulling that out of him. But uh, greed, you can you can get episodes where Mac is the greedy one. You know, they don't really match any specific sin, I guess. They're all, Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with the one where they're, they're all the sins. Like I said, right. I think that's just more of a trait along them being just quote unquote bad people in general. But yeah, no, I mean, I can do see it. it. What are you doing? List the seven deadly sins. Go. You know, greed, sloth, gluttony, the other ones. Mm, the other ones. Uh, tax season. Tax season. Oh, okay. <laughs> Procrastination. The Jews. The Jews. Jews. <laughs> just a couple of Jews. Um, so, but but no matter how you interpret it, this is what happens when you don't seek help. So, you know, if you see some of yourself in the gang, maybe be worried about that. <laughs> just, just slightly. I thought you were going to say you start a podcast based on a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's when you can't come up with your own content. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so uh, I kind of wanted to touch back there um, where Mac and Charlie are kind of the duality of priests that you see nowadays. I guess if you want to bring Father Mara Cricket into this, he's he's a third version of it. But Mac is like the traditional Bible thumping, beat you with a ruler priest. Charlie is very clearly like supposed to be Joel Osteen or some other televangelist sack of crap. And and you got Father Mara who is quote unquote well normal. Dressed, oh yeah, he is so vibed out in this episode. You can't just go back to the, be a priest. You didn't double check that. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see the scene where he left, where he's like, guys, I I'm leaving. I'm leaving the cloth. I'm going to pursue yeah. this woman. Dude. But is that a real thing? I hate to be the one to like call him out on like something as fucking stupid as that. And like something as small, but like, I feel like if you literally just left being a priest, unless you were like, yo, fuck you guys, fuck the church. I'm out. <laughs> Like, I feel like if you just <laughs> left for a day and you're like, no, actually, like, I think I want to do this again. Like, hey, don't I made a that, mistake. Yeah. Like, don't you think like they'd let him back unless he really like left on that bad of terms? Like, I don't know. She rejected you, didn't she, bro? Yeah, I she mean, rejected me. But don't talk to me about yeah, it. Granted, don't get me wrong. I guess. Yeah, that is a thing. If he was leaving the church to say, like, hey, I'm going to get married and whatever. But that's there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So I don't know. Like, what is. I'm taking these communion away. Y'all are never going to see me again. <laughs> It's me being a stickler on something that really doesn't matter, but like, just, it's just interesting. I don't know me, like, the rules. Yeah, I don't know. Well, either. I rules? honestly imagine if it was a real scenario and it wasn't in television and someone went up to their, I don't know, bishop or whoever runs a group of, what's a group of priests called? A, a paggle? Uh, whoever runs the paggle? A registry. A registry? <laughs> a registry? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> a registry. 
Jesus. Um, <laughs> they'd have like a real long conversation, and it would be a days long process. I was gonna say my only argument yeah. is is he came day of, so he definitely did not give two weeks. I don't know how the church rolls with that type of thing, but like <laughs> my HR is not cool without that shit. Dude, so you like, left us on the hook for this Sunday. What are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you got to give us two Sundays in advance. Like we got nobody. He probably so, could have come back if he didn't. Oh my god, if he didn't agree at the end of the episode to teabag Dennis. He could have probably just like waltzed back there and they, they, they're priests. They forgive. That's their thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying the priest drew a line about teabagging people. No, I'm saying that if cricket wouldn't have at the <laughs> very literal last second of this episode gone, yeah, let's teabag him. He, if he, if in the alternate, children? oh Jesus, we'll not get into that. But if he would have instead gone, no, screw you guys. I'm going back and going to ask to get my job back. I think they could have let him back in. I think cricket. Can I be Could've the just, one to can I take the jump and just realistically just now say that the gang didn't ruin cricket? Like cricket did this to himself. Because he for sure could have gotten he could have gotten I, I I arguably think he could have just gotten his job back and been okay. And for whatever reason he thought he didn't, so he committed to not going back and not trying. Each person that the gang does this to, like the waitress, cricket, each person that they do this to, kind of argument they have like these cracks in their foundation that the gang just somehow just breaks open with a fucking sledgehammer. Deeper later on, we know that cricket is not the quote unquote, like successful kid and not the one that his dad looks for and stuff. So like he probably is quick to get, he's probably got his own issues. That, yeah. yeah. So he probably immediately was like, Oh shit, my life's over. And once he started thinking that, like regardless of what he could have done, it was just like worst case scenario happened because that's what he was expecting and let happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, nice therefore I don't think the gang ruined him. We're, we're throwing that out there. Cricket's fucked up In his this own essay, life. <laughs> I argue that everyone who's been ruined by the gang really ruined themselves. Ooh, I'm on board. So yeah, Cricket, played by the amazing David Hornsby. He's written some of my favorite episodes that we will get to eventually. I'm very glad that he is finally. Here on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But yeah, you can literally see at the last second on this episode where Matthew Mara is gone. Father Matthew Mara is gone. Rickety Cricket is here. Mm -hmm. Best you get for not eating. Hey, Cricket, you know what would make you feel better? What could possibly make me feel better? You want a teabag, Dennis? I'll get the camera. Yeah. <laughs> And it's when he does that little eh, at the last second of the episode. Yep. That's what, yeah, like like a, a dish of the day, whatever you are. Something about catfish, I think. Fried um, catfish diarrhea. I'm your yeah. catfish mama. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, I forget what I was saying. But you, you made a good point earlier that I was going to say was true, but uh, I don't remember. It's all good. We'll take a break here and then uh, figure out. What, what you were about to say. Uh, it, uh, actually, it was that, like you said, oh. when Cricket decided to teabag him at the end, that's really what turned him into Cricket. Yeah, it, it, like it snapped. Said, yeah. It's like I said back when um, on Frank's first episode when he's looking at this uh, stripper and he accepts the lap dance. He's like, yeah. well, one can't hurt. And, you know, Frank Reynolds is gone and Frank, the whore banger, <laughs> is here. Yeah, it's like it's, the ultimate relapse. Yeah, it's the same idea. All right. Well, I'm glad you figured that out. So we're going to take a short little break and we'll be right back for uh, some more arguments, some more talk of season two, episode seven. So do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
porn industry is bamboozling us? <laughs> Who knew? Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen, golden gods and goddesses, you five-star men and women. Rum, ham, and wild cards, Braden, Donnie, and the dish of the day, cat fried fish cluster mess. Catfish fried feast. Cat fried fish. Okay. Fried fish feast fat cat fried. We get fried it. fist in your cat. we get it you moved to the south so the way this back end of the show works the second half here we got five different categories we got the characters quotes story overall humor and wild card and on each category we can give up to 10 points each so between the three of us we can give 150 points we are missing adam today unfortunately so we cannot give our full 200 We'll deal with the math on our side. You just sit back and relax and enjoy more idiocy. That is uh, season two, episode seven, The Gang Exploits a Miracle. Donnie and I are literally torn in half on this one. This is probably going to be on the top of my list, spoiler alert. It's probably going to be on the bottom of his list, spoiler alert. So let's let's see what happens. Let's see if we can change. That's because Donnie hates God. I'm just mad they exploited miracles and took advantage of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start it off with the story on this episode. The story I think was pretty basic, but pretty effective where if it was too convoluted of a plot, I don't think this, I would have enjoyed this episode as much, but just because it was a simple a plot with a minor B plot and an even more minor C plot, if you can even call Dennis that I think it's, Effective and simple and funny. What do you guys think? Uh, I definitely would agree. It's simple. Um, when I my favorite always sunny episodes, like I mentioned last time we talked, have two sometimes three solid storylines and three different things going on all at once, and then this reconvening all at the end. And for this one, like you said, I mean, it was a good story. I did like it. There was necessarily nothing wrong with the story, but it wasn't my type of quote unquote good. It's always sunny episode. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't collide. It, yeah, where you you get you know the B plot of Mac and Charlie kind of doing their thing, A plot with Frank and and D doing the thing with Matthew Mara, but it doesn't really collide fantastically. Right. Just kind of ends up with an old guy peeing on the Virgin Mary. What do you think? Dish that of the sounds day. Sounds like it ends fantastically. <laughs> it ends well. Does it start well? What do you think? Uh, I think I, I gave it a five, um, cause it was pretty normal. I mean, you did mention the dentist thing, but I didn't think that was enough of a subplot. That was just a background feature that Dennis mm-hmm. wasn't eating because he's a fatty, fatty two by four camping through the kitchen door. Um, but beyond that, the story didn't, didn't wow me. It wasn't exciting. And there frankly was no wraparound. So I gave it a five. I gave it an eight. Jesus. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, I mean, it wasn't a, a huge wraparound, I guess, but you wouldn't call the little, the end sequence of Mag. It wasn't like the end, but like the last five minutes. You don't think that was a little bit of a wraparound necessarily? Once again, when we say wraparound, we're talking plot twist. Where's the plot twist? I mean, I guess, yeah, it's the last five minutes of him leaving the church. I mean, like to me, that was the twist. If you call it one, I mean, that was a slight one at the end. Yeah. If you don't know this feel- show. 
like, feel like the two stories were too connected in order for it to be really a wraparound. And and like I said, it like, was you know, more of it was more of the outro scene. I I guess like a wraparound is like that last like holy shit that just happened. Episodes over. Like what the fuck? Like I understand that that's what it's supposed to be, but uh, I don't know. I considered that a slight wraparound, but. I still gave the story. I just mean six. in general the connectedness between we need to get Father Mara to bless this thing, and oh, Father Mara leaves the church because D is you know doing whatever, and becomes rickety crickman. It's too close to connected. Whereas like the wraparound in the Israeli thing where you didn't expect where the guy was banging Dennis's mom. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm just noticing in that episode, the the businessman that is banging Dennis's mother. Uh, and the gang goes jihad. Didn't he say in the beginning of the episode he moved his family over? Is he a married man that was banging Dennis's mom? The wraparound. The wraparound. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. That is not present in this episode. So I, I gave it an 8 out of 10 because, like I said, it's simple but uh, effective. So I, I give it like a little bit above average. But what about the characters? Because I feel really strongly about the characters in this episode. Not just because Rickety Cricket's in here, but he does solidify it as a 10 for me. 10 out of 10 on the characters. That's bold. I gave them a... Yeah, I think that is a bit bold. I give them a 6.8 because, you know, I think they're generally doing their thing. I mean, Charlie could have been a bit more uh, Charlie-esque. The characters weren't, like, totally offbeat. Frank was pretty on beat. Dennis was definitely on beat. D was on beat. Um, but I don't know. It wasn't a 10. I don't think they really exemplified. Like a 10 is like an A+. Plus. Um, you don't get an A plus for being average. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe with in today's liberal society, you might. But uh, yeah, so for, for that reason, I'm giving it a 6.8. That's uh, a pretty. That's pretty solid. Like when the gang's off beat, they're getting played. They don't really get played in this episode. Something unfortunate kind of happens at the end. Yeah, I think we did see like some good common uh, characteristics of them or their known characteristics, but I don't think we saw like the best version of every character. Like, I love to see Charlie freaking out and going nuts, and I love to see Dennis like really trying to like take advantage of everything, and he was just more of like his paranoid, uh, self-conscious, like worried about himself this whole episode, which is good. I like that side of Dennis, but there are some episodes where you see four or five different sides of each character. So I think it really did like signify who they were, but, uh, I don't think it was like top notch. I also gave it a six. I don't like complicated math. So I left off the point eight, but uh, I gave it a six. <laughs> yeah. So 10 for me, six from Donnie. One more time. Dish of the day. 6.8. 6.8. Yeah. No, I'm not. I don't know. Like I said, I w- am willing to bet that at the end of this, when the dust is settled, this will be in the top 25 for me, which is, you know, when you have hundreds and hundreds of episodes is may as well be a top 10. Yeah. That's just, it's interesting to see how different our views are because this is one of those episodes where like, if it somehow just accidentally got deleted of, among every platform and just it accidentally no. got deleted in history. I wouldn't no. miss it. I wouldn't miss it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Because there's, mm, there's too much going on here, but I get why you say this. And I get why a lot of fans were apprehensive about this episode uh, then. And now other than introducing cricket, I understand the importance of that aspect in this episode, which is why I couldn't completely trash it. But other than that, I really 
do not like this episode. And it makes sense when you know now that the writers were not the ones we've been seeing the past, was it 13 episodes we've done? So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. But it's still funny to me. I don't know. It still makes me laugh. It's still, I don't know. I, I like it. So between the story and the characters, we get some quotes in this episode. What'd you guys, what'd you guys think of the quotes in this episode? This is my favorite part of the show because, uh, get to go through and splice in the best parts. This is a, once again, another one of those where I didn't really have to pause the episode that many times. I, I heard a quote, I would start writing it down and I would keep listening. And there was only so many quotes that I really liked that were worthy of writing down. And I only have even eight, maybe at the absolute most written down here. So I want to hear some of your quotes and see if there's any on here that I like that you didn't like, or I mean, the day didn't like, they're all probably pretty popular ones. Did, what'd you think dish of the day? I give it about a six for quotes. I thought there were some funny ones, ones that got a good chuckle in. So it was a bit above average if I got a good chuckle in, but uh, weren't really any out of the ballpark. I mean, uh, there's one where D comes back and is like, how to go with the priest. Not going to happen. What, you put the moves on him? First of all, gross. I don't think you're supposed to whore out your kids. Second of all, that guy is a really good person, you know, and I've treated him like shit his whole life. But once I'm going to do the right thing. He thinks you're too old, huh? God damn it. Why do I speak to you ever? Like, uh, <laughs> well, she like, suddenly has the, the high ground where she's like, oh, wow. Is that all you think of me? It's like, oh, you rejected you. Shut up. Like fucking. It's almost as if like Danny DeVito is acting like they're not really related, like forgetting that they're related. And the D's like reminding him. Like Caitlin Olsen is like reminding him, by the way, as characters, we're supposed to be related. Because no, <laughs> I guess maybe that speaks more of the characters of Frank. The other one I thought was funny was <laughs> Why the hell are you fasting? Well, I thought I would get into the spirit of the religious aspect of what we got. That's because we here. said his face looks fat. It is not. I, p- people have been fasting for thousands face of years fat. for health and religious purposes. Moses. Jesus and fat. Moses in the woods fat, right? and in the desert. Fat. Please listen to me. Please forget it. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, you know, you got Charlie singing. I got the Lord. I got the good Lord. It's going down on me. I got the good Lord. It's going down on me. It's going down on you. What is that supposed to mean, Charlie? What? It's like, Why are you dressed like this? Come on, man. It's perfect. Where did you get it? I have my sources. Charlie, I told you to dress nice. We look like salt and pepper shakers. Uh, we look- yeah, that's definitely uh, boosted my entire score. If, if you didn't like listen to it, it's like, oh, it's a, it's a religious song. But then when you pay attention to the lyrics, you're like, he's what now? Uh, I got the good Lord inside of me. What? When they're all talking to um, Cricket at first, when they're all like, a ragdolling on him. Hey, remember how you would pass out at parties and Dennis would teabag you? Oh, and then, yeah, and then I would God. take that photo. Right? Yeah. We pass it around the school. Around oh school. my God! Everybody so loved those. Funny. Everybody loved those, those photos, so Maddie. Hey, you everybody still get those. balls to the chin, Crix? No. Yeah, and then I had that written down, and then right after, even Charlie's like, "I would be funnier as a priest." Oh my God, those pictures! Those were hilarious. You don't understand yeah. how much you everybody were, loved oh those pictures. My balls on your chin. Everybody loved you, man. There's a priest. Yeah, and I was like, Jesus. But um, one one quote. That's in that scene that goes under the radar. 
is Dennis. Uh, yeah. I think people still have copies of those pictures. Yeah. There's a lot of you those like, floating around. You were like on the internet. You were, like famous. Famous. you were like famous in school. Yeah, oh, practically. Practically. I got a whole shoebox of those that's things. That's partially our doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got, wow. I got tons of those things. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, too, is when Frank is like collecting all the money and D or Mac, I think it was Mac actually harassing him, or D, whoever was for exploiting it. And he's just like, yeah, Dad, I really don't feel very good about what we're doing in here. Well, well, don't get all high and mighty on me. I only made $4, DeAndre. I think I could live with myself. Like, <laughs> like he's really not doing that much damage or like, like does it really matter? But um, when, when they're making the commercial originally and Dennis says to the camera, if you like the Virgin Mary and you like beer, come on down to Patty's pub. We got them both. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, this, I can't really quote this, but. Charlie's blessing. Yeah, he just grabs his head and does some weird dancing thing. And there's four blessings in this episode, and only one of them are done correctly. And even then, I I I'm not certain on this. I'm pretty sure he uses the wrong hand when he when he blesses that when Mac blesses the woman in the beginning of the episode. I forget uh, which hand also, I use when I bless people, but I, I like to alternate proper. Yeah. I use my feet largely. Um, another one is when he was talking to Father Mara, I think, and he was like, I was praying the rosaries or whatever. I was praying with the rosaries or something. Anyway, I think the rosary is like a specific prayer, but he says, like, I was praying with the rose. Like, he clearly doesn't know how Catholicism works. <laughs> was that was that Dennis during the interview or did he say something else? No, he says that. Uh, in the interview, he goes, I was praying on my rosaries. And yeah, then and then noticed. he's like, I was, I was praying on my rosaries. What else did he say? He said something about I was getting some crunches in and yeah, just whatever him showing <laughs> off for the news and going for was that Jesus watching. on the cross look. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then at the end, Dennis is like, So, I'm the bad person, huh? Best mm -hmm. you get for not eating. <laughs> and passes out uh am i gay for god here's a confession i'm in love with a man what i'm in love with a man a man called god does that make me gay am i gay for god you betcha. That's a Larry David thing. That's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. This whole episode is an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. There's an episode where Larry is taking a new medicine and it causes his pee to have like incredible splashback. And he is peeing at a friend's house and a drop of pee goes onto the Jesus picture. That's next to the toilet for some reason. So everyone is like, Jesus is crying. It's a miracle. But Larry's like, it's my piss. See, that's Damn, that much better. Damn, I'm giving this episode now a zero because of no originality. Thanks. I was about to say, it's I don't almost know which good. one came first. It's almost good and bad at the same time, if they did get it directly from that. Because I love when people make references like that because they're not super obvious all the time. But yeah, like uh, Catfish said, it kind of does take away from originality. Yeah, it came out three years after this episode. So Curb didn't steal this, but Curb played off of... Um, of uh, it's always sunny. Yeah. This came out in two thousand six. Mm. So that's, and that's I good also at least. assume that like the the apparition of like oh another good quote was what is like is doesn't it look like Mary is like it looks like you need to fix your pipes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's pretty good. I assume that it's a running gag, I guess, in TV and comedy, just in daily life, people seeing Jesus and Mary and, and, you know, whatever you particularly believe in, in your toaster on your wall or shit like that. So I don't know how unoriginal either one is. When they're going back and forth on whether or not they should read between the lines when he's like the place you're literally literally says the place you're standing on is holy ground. But I love it when, um, Charlie gets into his little, his, his talking rhythm, his cadence. You, you risk your feet, you get some shoes. <laughs> it's just the way he says it. That's, that's one of those ones where it's not funny when you read it, but you know, the way Charlie day says any line is great. And then there's, um, there's one that I do use in real life. Congrats, Jim Jones. Well, congratulations, Jim Jones. You found the four people on the planet dumb enough to listen to your shit. I'll break that one out at work. Just congrats, Jim Is Jones. That, you said? that sounds like something you would have said to your ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so that's all I got. But, be, but because of, of, you know, how some of these quotes are said, the fact I use one of them in real life, the Charlie's blessing, which you can't even quote, I give it nine out of ten. For the quotes. Oh, Donnie. I, I'm, I'm nowhere near office. through my list, but we'll go for another half hour if I keep quoting this episode. Just just go back and watch the episode. I mean, yeah. I, or I don't that, if you're Donnie. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that these lines and these things are funny, but the same argument you guys always tell me when I give quotes a high score is that, like, a lot of these are funnier because of the delivery and how they deliver, and it's not what they say necessarily. So there are gonna, good ones, but uh, I give it a five. You're going to give it more points, though, because of my good point? Uh, I No, I gave it a five. Oh, lame. Yeah. One more time, Dish of the Day. Six. A five, a six, and a nine. I, I got a feeling that when we come back and talk about this episode with Adam, he's going to probably give it somewhere in between all three of us. He gave it a 12. He gave it a 12 he out gave, of 10. Yeah, he gave it a fucking 55. He mildly <laughs> liked it. I'm the Adam this episode. I've been giving nines and tens, and you guys haven't said anything to me. He's listening to this in his car like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, It's interesting that you did point it out right before that it is a completely different writer because I didn't know that. I, I didn't know who wrote each of these episodes, but like, it is funny that there is a specific episode that you – that I don't like and it happened to just be written by and someone else. It doesn't else. have Glenn Howard in or Rob McElhenney writing. Yeah. So I guess just maybe it's just a preference in my style and the type of comedy and type of storyline that I like. But mm-hmm. yeah. So between all of this that we've talked about, you got the overall humor, aka how much did you laugh this episode? I I give it an eight out of ten for that. I think that this episode gets better with each viewing. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but like noticing the lines that went over my head, the the references, you know, it's it's funny. We got cricket here. I, I think it. I hit him with that young seven. That sounds more my speed. What about you, Donnie? Uh, this is actually one of those episodes that I feel like when I watch by myself, it doesn't always make me laugh. Like anytime That's I'm watching, you hate God. Yeah, exactly. It's it's too much religion for me, but um. Yeah, when I'm like with friends, I'm sure like there's certain things because we've talked about it so much and we because we've made jokes about it before that certain parts are always going to make me laugh. But if you really sat me down and said, I challenge you to not laugh during this episode, I feel like I could pull it off. And I cannot say that with most. It's always sunny episodes. Really? Yeah. I feel like I could pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, I feel like if I really tried to not laugh during this whole episode, I could do it. And there's not a lot of episodes I think that I could do that with. 
Maybe yeah. I'll eat my own shorts one day and eat my words on there, but like I did it with a uh, gun fever without even trying. A, a video of you eating your shorts. We'll send yeah, you my OnlyFans. <laughs> my OnlyFans. <laughs> Only shorts. <laughs> Only shorts. Hey man, it's for all types of art. It just happens to be ninety nine percent porn. Yeah, but I don't think I gave my score. Yeah, I gave it a five. I was a little harsh on this one, but like I said, I'm mean, very hands, harsh on this. This hands down, like I said, I mean like. Like I said, I, I straight up believe that if this episode was deleted, I wouldn't miss it. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. Damn. And I don't say that. Harsh. I don't think that that's... Five is you thought it was an average episode. Because five is the midway point between ten and zero. But I still love this show. I don't think I can give fours and threes and twos. Like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I, I can't justify that in my, in my psyche. <laughs> I sleep fine <laughs> at night in case you're curious. <laughs> yeah. You, you good on Walk this? Walk bitches! Watch it! <laughs> okay, wow. Freaking go for it there. Okay. Dish of the day taken over. Um, Seven horse turd kisses out of ten. Horse turd kisses? I wanted to give it the number of times they said God, but then I didn't want to track back through that. So I gave it a seven for seven deadly sins. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I actually, I, I had a similar problem with, uh, I did God's plan, but I didn't know if they said it before. So I just used the confession scene since I love confessing so much. It's my favorite thing to do. But uh, D reference. Because hate God. Yeah, because D reference God's what? plan three times in that confession. <laughs> so I gave it three for the wild card. Might go down as G-O-D. Yeah. Shout out Drake. <laughs> oh, no. Do not shout him out. Oh, sorry. But he's understand. Jewish. Shout out retracted Drake. <laughs> he's actually one of the. One dozen listeners, two dozen listeners yeah, we is, have. This is his favorite show. <laughs> oh, it's not. Well, it's you just funny. lost a listener, sir. <laughs> and God grants us another miracle. Oh, geez. All right. After we pulled out our abacuses and finalized our arguments, done the math, crunched our numbers, whatever you want to call it, we have the list of lists. The whole reason we are doing this podcast, we are ranking every single episode of Sunny in order. So we... Got quite the lineup here now. Uh, you can feel free to go back and listen to every episode we've reviewed so far. But the question is, where does this episode land? Let's talk about the fans first. IMDb gives this episode an 8.1, the least liked episode so far. IMDb hasn't given anything below an 8 yet. This is an 8.1 with one Cancel point, IMDb. With 1.9 thousand votes, the fewest of any It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode thus far. So that means people like obviously like Donnie forgot about it, didn't review it, or gave it a less than average score. That or, 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 or like you said, we're like me and gave it a very justifiable score. Speaking yeah, yeah. for the people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I obviously like this episode the most out of... Everyone here today, I place this episode second on my list, right behind Dennis and D going welfare. Donnie, throw it down to the bottom of the list. Was this it the last last? Not last last. This is third from the bottom above underage drinking and $100 baby. I'll put underage drinking above this. We'll get back to that later in the future, but this is my second least favorite, if not my least. Yes, be sure to subscribe and listen for uh, our season two recap. We're going to be going through all our scores and adjusting them as needed. And um, yeah, so we'll get back to that 
many, many episodes from now. But dish of the day, catfish feast. This is number six for you. This is behind the gang gets racist and hundred dollar baby. So I guess kind of the same of what Donnie was doing, but just placed differently on your list. And altogether between the three of us, that makes this episode number seven on our list. Number seven out of 15. Interesting. Is that number one right now? Number one is Dennis and D go on welfare. So we gave this episode, we gave this episode a 6.6. Keep in mind, Adam is not here with us today. So uh, what's going to happen is we are going to have a jabroni talk in which the dish of the day is going to give his score for uh, the episode he missed. And Adam is going to give his score for the episode he missed and we'll get the actual score. So when you're looking at this on Reddit or Instagram, wherever you're viewing the list of lists, you're going to see a little asterisk next to the score. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what the final score is when, when we get our last host in here. And as always, the wildcard crew, if you're listening to this right now, we want to know what you think about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, troll us in our comment section. Send us some DMs. I, I love hearing what you guys think of these episodes. This is really great. The whole point of this was to get as many fans of It's Always Sunny uh, talking about this show as we could and kind of give some sort of reason to it. We like to think reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to search Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards everywhere you get podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You can find us there. You can hit subscribe. And if you've got an Apple account, if, if you had an iPhone at one point and no longer do, you still have that Apple account, go to Apple Podcasts on your browser log in and uh, give us five-star review on Apple Podcasts because, you know, we're five-star men. Yeah. Five-star men! <laughs> and send us send us your review, uh, a screenshot of your review, and we'll just send you a uh, sticker. We'll send you an Ongo Galblogian Rumham Wildcard sticker as a thank you for listening to the show. So, guys, this was fun, but I really want to get Adam back in here and uh, get all four of us talking again. I think... I think the four of us should reconvene and talk politics on the next episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We're reviewing season two, episode eight, The Gang Runs for Office. That's going to be a good time. So until then. So do. So do. So do head over to rumham.transistor.fm where you can find all of our social media links and all of the episodes that we have done so far yes all right guys ready to get on out of here Bjorn ready good luck to the dish of the day wherever he is off in the internet world thank you guys so much for listening shout out to the wild card crew we will see you guys again very very soon yes Rum Ham and Wild Cards is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Plegencool. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer. This episode was written and hosted by Braden Plegencool, Donnie Crunkleton, and the Dish of the Day. Mm-hmm.